You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Little uh, pre-countdown toast there on the video as Alex raises a glass and I'll raise my glass as well. They called it Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, two days, six standalone games, mainlining football, though sometimes it felt like um, like that second piece of cake where you're like, do I need it? No. Am I going to finish it out of principle? I guess so. Was it a good idea? Meh. I'm not so sure, but either way, there was a lot of football to watch, and now we know, of course, uh, now we know that your Green Bay Packers will host the L.A. Rams at Lambeau Field this Saturday afternoon. I am Zach Rapport, and this is the APC Podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com. Follow us on Twitter at the APC Pod. Follow me at Zach Rapport, and I am joined by Alex Patakis at Alex Patakis on Twitter. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. I had to cut off my video camera here, so you won't be able to see me. My internet's been, you know, we're we're already off the rails. Internet problems. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. <laughs> what are you drinking there? I toasted. I have some uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon there. You have a, a fancy glass. Oh, nice. Um, I have some some wine again. Um, this is Greek wine, actually. Uh, and I, you know, I'm 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 keeping the the white wine theme going. <laughs> Why not? Um, typically drink reds in the wintertime, but this this was this just had the podcast written all over it when I was looking at it. It almost looks like an orange wine. You ever had an orange wine before? <laughs> I do enjoy orange wines. Yeah, this one, it, it's definitely almost orange in color. Um, I don't know too much about wine, but I know what I like to drink. Um, <laughs> and, and this is certainly one of them. And it was leading up to the show and I started having like the debate I have with myself pretty much every time we're getting ready to record. We're within like 30 minutes of when we're uh, scheduled to to get together um, over the interwebs and, and talk about the Packers, which is like, do I want to do this podcast with just like a glass of water next to me to like clear my throat or do I want to do this podcast with a drink? And um, it's always better with I mean, drink. I went I went this yeah. route, which is usually the route I yeah. take. Speaking of wine, we had a fun interaction uh, over the course of last week with a listener to our buddy John Meerdink's podcast, uh, Blue 58, um, who said, I think he's in, I forget his name, and I don't want to look it up for fear of ruining my internet trying to do two things at the same time. But um, he is in, I believe, Kansas City. He works at, maybe runs, I, I don't remember, a wine shop, and he listens to Packers podcasts while he uh, is working there and... Um, I just, I think it's a, a really funny concept to think about my annoying voice and banter, like blasting over the, uh, the airwaves at a wine shop while someone's like browsing for what kind of temper Neo they want to nurse over the, <laughs> over the weekend. Although John Meerding's voice, I think is very appropriate 
for the uh, the wine store atmosphere. But um, maybe we'll do a crossover pod this uh, this this summer and and talk uh, wine and and cheese pairings for your next Packer party <laughs> whenever we're allowed to be in the same room again. Could not be more into that idea. Um, it's a it's a wine shop in Kansas City, um, and it's at not Hundley Lafleur for my Lafleur uh, is his Twitter. Um, I'm trying to find his actual name back in these notes, but I too am also struggling uh, on the internet right now, I'm trying to do a couple of different things at once. But that was super cool, um, and I believe he also mentioned. That he had a a scout come into the shop, right? Like a he had a scout come into the shop, uh, noticed that there was Packers talk uh, over the airwaves, and said, "Hey, are you a Packers fan?" And they got to talking for a second. The guy ran out to his car and came back in with a bunch of Packers merch. Um, turns out he was a scout for the team. It also turns out, I believe, that he was, I think, the nephew of Santana Dotson. Oh wow! So this is this is like. <laughs> Just really cool for a lot of reasons, but that's uh, that's pretty amazing. I th- I must have missed that detail in the uh, in the back and forth on Twitter, but pretty pretty sweet. Uh, Good for you, John, for having a a wine store like vibe, because um, that's a pretty cool vibe for a podcast. That's like my kind of Packer podcast. <laughs> well, I think and John does a great job with his show. I think that he's very much a wine show vibe, and I I kind of balked at the thought of us being a wine show <laughs> vibe. Maybe I don't know. There's a little profanity. Uh, I probably curse too yeah. much. Sometimes get heated. I find my voice like you know uh, very off-putting <laughs> as opposed to soothing. <laughs> I think if it was just you, you could probably get away with it. Ugh. Um, Ugh. But yeah, I, I probably ruined that for no, you. Thanks. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk football. Did you did you imbibe football content all weekend? We talked about mainlining. Football super wild card weekend, six games. Were you glued to your couch? Yeah, so I watched a lot of it. I mean, it was cool to just, I mean, I love the three time slots um, because at least, you know, like if you're, if you can't find anything to do with any period of your day on that weekend, you're, you could always fall back on watching a playoff game. Um, uh, And I did just that, you know, I, I would say like, the funny enough, the Rams game uh, ended up being the game on Saturday that I saw the least amount of, though I did still see uh, most of it. But um, I would say that was the period in the day of me actually doing things as opposed to just being couch bound. Um, but it was good. I mean, Super Wild Card Weekend is like a weird name. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've had a lot of time to prepare for this. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, why that's what you land on. Um, I get that it's not just wild card weekend cause it's better than that, but that is, that almost sounds like, um, something we would jokingly call it. But anyway, uh, how did, how did you experience it? Because I was tired on Sunday and a long weekend to celebrate a friend's, uh, 30th birthday. Um, so Sunday was a great day to like veg out and watch, but I was very much, and I think you might've mentioned this yourself, uh, on Twitter, perhaps. Um, I was very much in like watching football, but if I happen to doze off, I'm totally fine with that mode. Yeah. I think I said that, um, in regards to, oh, which game, which game was it? Which game was, uh, there was a game that was broadcast on Nickelodeon. Oh yeah. So that was, um, the Saints bears game, which was yes. Yes. Perfect napping material regardless. Yeah. So 21 to nine was the final score to that game. And I remember joking that Nickelodeon was, was 
giving these uh, these young new to football fans a crash course in the glory that is just assing out on the couch um, to an absolutely unwatchable, <laughs> boring game and just letting the white noise kind of wash over you. And then you wake up three hours later with drool all over your face. <laughs> yeah. A, a great American tradition. Did you watch on Nickelodeon uh, for I a did bit? Not. I did not have access um, to that feed. Okay. But um, if you were on Twitter, and maybe it's just the Twitter circle that, that I roll in, a lot of people were sort of live tweeting the Nickelodeon broadcast. So I feel like I got a good flavor for what it is. Personally, I think it's a little weird to broadcast broadcast a, a violent professional sport but yeah my, my my hot take is was basically that i didn't find it to be that cool at all and i also think that like i mean i appreciate that it's new and it's very fun but i think all it did was make me mad that um like our standard for football coverage isn't fun to begin yeah. with you know like i like that they're kind of making light of it but I kind of wish it was done in a professional manner that wasn't geared towards like very small children. Um, and that we can do that on CBS or whatever. Totally. So maybe like one day down the road, CBS is the worst example because they're like, I mean, I guess Romo made that network fun. But other than that, it's like the least fun network to watch football on one day down the road. What I crave is where I can just pay somebody to stream Packer games, (laughs) not have to buy some other package so that I can watch, Cardinals games because I don't really give a shit um, and that that coverage also won't act like it's like this you know that the sanctity of football needs to be protected at all right. times and like maybe there can be some entertainment value beyond just the product of the sport but I guess that's too much to ask for now <laughs> yeah yeah and not just entertainment value but educational value as well the one thing my sort of takeaway from seeing people's reactions to the Nickelodeon coverage was that people thought they did a really good job of explaining the world's most complicated and convoluted sport to uh, to new fans and I'm someone who uh, my partner has very graciously been watching all these games with me and she doesn't follow football and, and she's learned a lot but not a whole lot. Because these broadcasts don't do a great job of actually explaining uh, what is when you get down to it, a super complicated game. And it's, I don't know, I just, I wish there was more of that in in some of these broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, I I do too. I mean, I I think, yeah, I mean, just me, I don't know why, we're just breaking down broadcasts now, but NBC is by far the the highest broadcast quality of the sport. And that is because at the very least, you learn from Chris Collinsworth his enthusiasm is like infectious because he just loves like everything that, you know, everything he's explaining to you. He has such a passion. Ah, for. Here's a guy. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and maybe one day down the road, like Al Michaels won't have to be so veiled with his clear betting, you know, gambling references <laughs> as, as sports gambling continues to become legal, like in more and more places. Like, let's call it what it is, man. We're all do- we're all doing the same thing. Al Michaels has a literal paper sports book, like falling out of his pocket as he's. T- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's insane. I, it took me this long to realize. I don't know why, but it, you know what it took to realize the Browns just running away with the game in the first yep. quarter against the Steelers and how upset that made Al Michaels. <laughs> like, I mean, he clearly did not take the Browns, um, in the, in that game. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty hilarious, but anyway, um, (laughs) the Nickelodeon thing, cool, whatever. I mean, the graphics, I guess that's fine. Uh, I don't really remember 
wishing that football when I was young was more fun. I thought it was like the most yeah. fun and it's gotten progressively less yeah. fun probably as I got older. I mean, maybe it says something about they, they've got market research that shows that like kids aren't, aren't dialing in anymore the way that they, that they used to. Uh, one funny note though about that game, New Orleans, uh, um, uh, New Orleans and Chicago <laughs> was, I don't know if you saw, if you have watched that whole game, but um, the game ended with Jimmy Graham scoring a touchdown, a meaningless touchdown, yeah. and then immediately making a beeline for the tunnel as just to like, just to like pull the curtain on his uh, bears career. <laughs> just an insane one-handed catch. And yeah, that was, uh, I mean, oh. that was awesome. Hats off to him. And that was the touchdown that the Packers wouldn't let him score, which we talked about last week, which I was so glad they didn't. Um, so whatever, yeah. I guess we have a little more uh, pride uh, in that scenario than the Saints do, um, even though he was a longtime Saint yeah. <laughs> um, and probably made his bones with them. But that that was hilarious. I mean, a, a walk off in a bad yeah. way, I guess you don't really get in sports that much. I guess my, my only other note uh, for Wild Card Weekend was watching uh, Tampa Bay and Washington. And I tweeted out something to this effect, but it was really nice of the NFC to make Tom Brady feel at home and feel comfortable in the playoffs by giving him just this total cakewalk game against a team with a losing record and a literal practice squad quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So annoying. Um, I, I, whatever. I'm glad we don't have to face them right away. I feel like maybe the saints could help out the Packers and just kind of take care of them. And then, you know, uh, maybe we can, we can be hosting the saints, which makes me feel really good. Because watching Drew Brees, I mean, that's like, man, this has got to be it for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brady, man, Heineke, yep. right? I'm like, who did other people know who that like was before? I heard the name before because I think he had bounced around uh, a few teams as a as a backup. But it's not like I I didn't have his uh, scouting report committed to memory. I hadn't seen him take any reps before. He did sort of well. He did okay. He, kept he did him okay. In one score yeah. game. There was a push, I guess. They didn't quite cover. Al Michaels was uh, so angry. But, no, I'm sure he was. Oh, he definitely had Washington Plus. Eight. That's probably why he went into the the, the Browns-Steelers game so pissed off. <laughs> um, like, Come on, Big Ben. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I just love it. I love when it's like, you know, like the, the, the total, the over-under was like, 50 and a half and the game's at 50 points with like a field goal coming up. That's like meaningless. <laughs> and he's like, I wonder who might be interested in this field goal. <laughs> it's like, literally it's like, dude, just, just like, say it. Uh, it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious, but it also paints him as like, so grumpy. Yeah. It's like, well, it's you know, funny. You would think too, like yeah, all the insight you get during the week, you'd, you'd be like, I don't know, a little more into maybe your win percentage on bets would be a little bit higher, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Uh, he's old school. He just reads the paper. And if he likes your uniform, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the cut of your jib, he'll pick you. <laughs> For sure. All right. So it's uh it's it's Rams Packers. The Rams coming to uh to Lambeau Field. Firstly, and you said you uh you didn't pay as close attention to this game, but um LA over Seattle 30 to 20. And I guess it was I guess it was categorized as as an upset, but watching that game, I mean my takeaway was less this Rams team is like you got a you know like an upstart that you got to look out for and more like Seattle is just falling apart man not good not a good team by the end of the season 
Yeah, I, I would say I agree with that completely. Um, the wheels really came off fast early in the season. That looked like the team the Packers would be really competing with for home field advantage. Yep. It looked like the team that, you know, you just didn't want to face and that could probably come back and haunt you. Um, and, I'm you know, I'm glad the Rams took care of business. I think it was also just one of those games, like certain teams, divisional opponents like that, um, sometimes just have your number. Or even if they don't always, like, get the best of you, they just really make life difficult for you. So I think we sh- probably should have expected that going in. So Yeah, that's fair. Well, I guess technically it wasn't an upset. Um or it was an upset. Uh, I agree in that it certainly didn't feel like one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, hats off to them. I, I prefer this matchup, certainly. So I'm glad that that happened. Um, I mean, I think the only way I wouldn't have is if somehow Chicago or uh, Washington would have been, uh, or Washington wouldn't, but I guess if Chicago would have been uh, able to come to Green Bay instead. But like I said, I really don't want Tampa uh, at this moment. That's somebody else's problem. Yeah. Um so I'm glad to be to be facing the Rams. And, um, you know, I go into it with a pretty reasonable degree of confidence uh, into this game. I don't know how you feel about it, but, um, you know, seeing them do that to the Seahawks, like you said, is way more about the Seahawks just kind of stumbling to the finish line of this season. And playing the game in freezing temperatures at Lambeau just changes things dramatically. You know, when you're talking about like a team that has its quarterback who was thrust into action uh, after being hurt with a thumb injury, who's only played in two freezing games, who's 0-2, I believe, Jared Goff. Or no, he's not 0-2. He's 1-1, but he's played like shit in both games, um, even in the win. Uh, You know, going against a team that's like weather doesn't impact them right now, you know? Yeah. Two games below freezing, Jared Goff has thrown zero touchdowns and five picks. Yeah. And I saw today... um, Aaron Rodgers in his last uh, 10 games in freezing temperatures since 2016, 10 and 0. So, um, you know, we, we, we know that it doesn't really impact him that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can just see a scenario where, yeah, the Rams offense is great. And, or excuse me, the Rams defense is great. And we'll get into it more uh, in a minute. But um, I think that my confidence going into this game is entirely about, I cannot picture uh, and would really struggle to to convince myself Jared that Jared Goff could go there and and put together a performance good enough to beat the Packers. Yeah, and I agree. As you mentioned, like to my surprise last week, the Packers run defense has gotten a little bit better. Like for whatever the reasons are, you know, the game scenarios, their offense clicking and and making it so the other team can't really grind out the clock, whatever it is. They're they're not that team. It's like that's going to get beat on the ground the way they did to the Niners last year in the playoffs. Yeah, the Packers D um, has the fifth best um, EPA per play since week eight. So stingy with the points on a per play average, um, and and kind of the peak of that stretch was the Tennessee game where where the Packers really shut down Tannehill. But more importantly, they bottled up Derrick Henry. And I kind of feel like a similar formula could work in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the Rams are going to have to find balance um, and, you know, hope that they can do the whole, like, let's keep Aaron Rodgers off the field thing. Um, Yeah. Which, again, yeah, like, am I expecting not to see J.K. Scott in this game? No. (laughs) Like, you know, the Packers might punt. Yeah, but um, I, I, the way this offense is, the rhythm that Rodgers is in, the season he's been having, 
as healthy as the Packers are also like one of their cleanest injury reports uh, in a while. Um, I think that that's, that really bodes well. In fact, I'm actually shocked that it's just right now a a one score uh, point spread. Um, Yeah. You know, a one touchdown point spread. And it's uh, Tuesday evening as as we record this. I, I don't know. Maybe I think feel like that'll move a little bit. Yeah. So they opened up as seven point favorites. I looked right before we sat down at six and a half. I mean, it's like you'll get those fluctuations throughout the week. But I wonder how much that might change when we get to Saturday. Um, by the way, I was elated to get the Saturday afternoon game. I don't know about oh, yeah. you. Let's get it out of the way, man. Oh, I just love that. I love that. <laughs> Um, because it's like, then I could enjoy whatever else is on Saturday night, Sunday, or I could just not, you know, if I'm like sad, I just don't have to even invest, <laughs> you know, um, which is, which is great. So, uh, yeah. I was super pumped about that time slot. Yeah. Here's a stat for you. Getting back to uh, a little bit of, uh, game planning. If the Packers defense can sort of replicate that, that Tennessee performance where they come out really strong against the run, um, on first down, the Rams are 27th in the league in converting second and eight plus yards, 27th. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So stay ahead in the chains or I guess keep the Rams behind in the, uh, down and distance and the chains, the sticks, someone's in front of them. Someone's behind them. Do yeah. The good thing. It's uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Damn. Yeah. That's uh, bad, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not good. Well, I mean, you know, and, and you mentioned golf, um, with a thought he had thumb surgery, like, I don't know, 12 minutes ago and he's back in the game. Meanwhile, Wolford, uh, suffers, uh, what they call a stinger. It looks like a pretty, pretty bad, uh, uh, neck injury in that game. I don't know if you actually saw that, but yeah. they show this clip of him on the sideline and they're like lightly touching his neck and he's like, fuck. <laughs> and then he goes to the hospital. So that that's their two, their two options at quarterback. And, and even if either one is, is mostly healthy and ready for this game, they kind of seem like similarly. Okay. But limited quarterbacks that I'm not that worried about and maybe foolishly. So, but I don't know. I'm not that worried. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That that side of the ball, not worried. Um, so I guess if we were to go over to the other side of the ball, like yeah. Aaron Donald is also super, you know, capable of causing a lot of problems. That being said, we've been giving props nonstop to this Packers offensive line. Um, and when this offense is in rhythm, it's not like, you know, a few years ago when Rodgers is just sitting back there, you know, trying to elude pressure and find somebody downfield. They can go quick release the entire game. They can, you know, make their lives easy just based on motion and alignment and all of those things. But I guess the one thing that stands in the way of that in terms of, you know, eliminating a side or a player is Jalen Ramsey. So how do you feel about, um, you know, everyone's kind of highlighting this Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey matchup. And I find it interesting, but I also don't know, like, is Ramsey going to shadow Adams the whole game? I don't know if that's what the Rams do, but like Adams's success on the field comes from a lot of areas. He's not in any way a guy who's just going to play, you know, the X position or the Z position. Like he can work out of the slot. He can, I mean, they can put him wherever in this offense. Um, And is Jalen Ramsey expected to just kind of follow him the whole time? Yeah. Our buddy Tex Western, uh, wrote an article up at uh, up at the blog acmepackingcompany.com about um, Adams v Ramsey sort of being a battle 
for the ages, and he he makes the the case for this be, to be the battle to watch uh, in this game. I, I I tend to agree with you that while I think that Ramsey is um, in a, an elite player, a top tier uh, corner, um, I also think that they just use Adams in such a variety of ways that even if Adams doesn't ball out and have another you know ho hum 170 yard three touchdown game, he's still going to get his. And help the team move the chains from whatever position they need, and then you've got you know, Big Bob, you've got Aaron Jones, <laughs> yeah, got Dominique Daphne now. I mean, come on. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, I I think Ramsey is obviously a player to be respected. I think he's going to give, um, he's going to represent a big big challenge for the Packers, especially in sort of the 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 deeper passing game. But ultimately, um, I don't know if that's enough to make the difference in this game, especially when you talk about um, Aaron Donald, another elite player uh, coming to this game with torn rib cartilage, which seems not good uh, (laughs) for him. And he was, uh, did not participate today in, in practice as well as Cooper cup, by the way, but, um, or did he, uh, I don't remember. I don't have the report in front of me either way. Um, I'm rambling a bit. I think that Adams is going to, is going to get his sometimes getting his, looks like 80 yards and a clutch touchdown when the team needs it. Sometimes it looks like 180 yards and three touchdowns. I think either way bodes well for the team. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I guess if I had to sum it up, I I can't really picture the Packers being in a precarious situation late in this game without having some like sloppiness, uh, whether it be turnovers or penalties early on. You know what I mean? Like... That Rams, uh, the Rams, the Bucks game went south so fast yeah. that it made sense that it played into their hands that a lot of what the Packers do well, I think, was just kind of like taken from them early, you know, and like they had to yeah. completely adjust their game plan. Whereas now this coaching staff, it's it's amazing the difference in, you know, in, in, in LaFleur and McCarthy, because if this were like a few years ago and Devontae Adams had the same exact season, I would say that, you know, Jalen Ramsey worries me because I think that if you eliminate Adams, like maybe our staff isn't creative enough to come up with other ways to beat you. But that's, I mean, this is, you know, this offense is one of the best in the league. Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP. And it's because they're so creative that they can beat you with anybody, you know? They can beat you with a two or three touchdown game from Big Bob. They could beat you with a game where Aaron Jones just, shows that he's a super complete back. Um, you know, they could be you sometimes taking their shots with MVS, catching a deep yep. one over your second or third corner because you're investing so many of your resources in trying to stop Adams. So uh, you just got to try it, MVS uh, yeah, three times over the top. You'll get one of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 honestly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I sound like I have too much bravado going into this game. But again, I just, I just don't trust the Rams to to be able to capitalize on the offensive side of the ball that puts the Packers in a situation where they can get out of rhythm or off schedule, as they like yeah. to say uh, yeah, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Like if the Packers stay on schedule, I think they'll be fine. I honestly expect them to cover win by, but you know, a two score victory is, is kind of something um, that I'm hoping to see to kind of build that confidence going into the NFC championship game. Yeah, and it's it's going to be about execution. It's also going to be about game plan, as you alluded to, a battle of the the brainy bros, McVeigh versus Matt Lafleur. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, who has who has the better uh, face hair be- beard routine <laughs> between the two? I mean, yeah, uh, that's 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 that is a hotly contested uh, battle. Certainly, probably more competitive than I think that this game is going to be. Um, I still can't. When I whenever I see McVeigh now, I just see Ben Foldy um, because <laughs> like the, the few times that uh, <laughs> I think like Ben would come home from work and just be like you know dressed in work clothes and just looked like he was like sitting down for his, uh, his, his, his midweek press conference as Sean McVay. It's just, just like, I can't get that out of my head now. Um, I, I do want to mention though, one thing, and, and I, I've seen it a lot on Packers Twitter, uh, people talking about the Jalen Ramsey, uh, Devonte Adams matchup. Um, the health status of Cooper cup. I mean, Robert Woods is also really good. Another big you know, reason for my confidence is in addition to my lack of faith in Jared Goff, like you cannot deny what Jair Alexander has done to, you know, really dangerous number one receivers in this league. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I think what was popular on Packers Twitter this week is people, you know, framing the conversation of uh, Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey as not the number one receiver against number one corner because the number one corner is also on the Packers. Yeah. And I kind of have to agree. I mean, you can't argue like it's fucking insane that he what was it? He didn't give up more than 30 yards or something to a number one receiver since week one. Yeah, he did it in the first week. Yeah. In week one. So this guy went 15 more games um, sharing, you know, taking on the lion's share of reps against other teams, number one receivers and. Just, you know, like nothing Shut happened. Down. It was like, yeah. it was just like, oh, those guys don't exist anymore. It's lonely times out there. Yeah. The Packers haven't had that in a really long time. I mean, Tremont yeah. Williams was great. Charles Woodson, uh, obviously incredible, created a ton of turnovers, defensive player of the year, but they haven't had that in eraser um, in a long time. You know, yeah. I, I can't even really remember the last guy who in that like fashion did that. Uh, so that that's huge because how else, you know, if the Rams are going to get big outings from those guys from cup woods, where's it coming from? Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah, I guess, I, man, I sound like way too confident. This is all. Yeah, I don't, I, as down, I said that, it? I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't want to eat those words. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I can't see the obvious guy. I can't, I can't find a way to be pessimistic, which I feel like I yeah. usually can, um, you know, but I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty good going into this one. Well, speaking of the obvious guy, I mean, Devontae Adams is the Packers' obvious guy on offense. Uh, ben tweets in, which receiver whose name doesn't start with a D um, and end with Avante Adams will have the best <laughs> game? So there's a few to choose from if you had to predict who's going to have the best game. I don't know. Big Bob? I might say Big Bob. If we're counting him as a pass catcher, I would agree. Like yeah. if we're just saying pass catchers and he's limped in that conversation, which I would assume, you know, that that's kind of the the basis of the question, then yes, I would agree. Big Bob for sure. Yeah. I also think uh, maybe I'm, maybe, maybe this is now officially me being overly enthusiastic about this game, but like, I just feel, I smell like a sneaky, like productive Alan Lazard game coming. We haven't had one in a while and <laughs> he's been yeah. coming back from injury. And I feel like, uh, I don't know, don't sleep on the alien lizard, man. Yeah, I, I can see that too. You know, it's especially, you know, with the whole Adams Ramsey thing. Um 
like you said, a, a, a sneaky productive day for Lazard. I like what you said about Adams. Just like a, you know, his it, it could be like eighty yards and a and a big touchdown down in the red zone, like that. You know, when they really need it. Um, I think like a sneaky productive day for Lazard could be, you know, like a five or six catch performance for you know, 63 yards, 60, whatever, yeah. 70 yards, whatever. But that, you know, a couple on third down, um, you know, take some of that pressure off uh, of Adams having to be the guy the whole time. And there will be shot plays to MVS. So I was tempted to pick him, but I, I have, my faith in him is obviously in the same place as many Packers fans. And I just think that the quick game going, a little Big Bob in the, in the middle of the field, uh, I, I kind of like that. A little bit of Big Bob. Uh, let's go to a uh, question coming in from, oh man, Steamed Hams. What a great, what a great handle. Uh, <laughs> he says, this game is all about keeping Aaron clean, right? And I, I wanted to, to steer that way because we touched on um, the offensive line and we touched on Aaron Donald as well, but we haven't even mentioned the fact that the Packers went to Jared this week and signed Jared Valdir, who now will become the first player in NFL history to uh, play for two different teams in the same playoffs in the same, in the same season because of quirky COVID rules. And he was on the Colts practice squad. Uh, he was elevated for the game uh, last week. They got eliminated, went back to the practice squad, and the Packers picked him up. And a, a sturdy lineman, insurance when they need it most against a potentially uh, very, very uh, frisky defensive front o- over in L.A. Yeah. I saw Matt LaFleur say that uh, his involvement in this game uh, is going to have a lot to do with how much he can recall from a year ago. And it just <laughs> boggles my mind to think that, like, Oh, not a year ago, but a week ago, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the NFL offense has used some like they're all, they're similar schemes. There is different terminology and we're in year two of the floor offense. I, I think some things have probably changed there even. Um, and to imagine him just kind of walking in and like uh, just picking up where he left off uh, seems impossible, but that's so incredible. Um it is because of COVID rules, right? Like, I'm not crazy to think that that could not have happened in other seasons. No, because uh, because of his age and his veteran status, he wouldn't actually be eligible for a practice squad in other seasons. He would have aged right. out of that. But they uh, they got rid of that pre-qualifier for the practice squad uh, this year just so, and I, th- I believe expanded the number of players you can have just so that players could have a better reserve, of, uh, uh, teams could have a better reserve of players rather uh, should, should they need it. So yes, it, it is a 2020 season specific thing and a uh, big props to uh, Russ Ball and Goody. The, uh, the front office, the bat signal goes off and they, they make it happen. <laughs> I've done that yeah. a few times this year, bringing in Tavon uh, Austin, who we can, uh, we can go back and forth about how awesome that, that has been uh, uh, with his uh, fumble recently. But then, of course, Snacks Harrison comes in. He's, he's played meaningful snaps, and, and, and I, most people feel pretty positively about that. And now with Valdir, I mean, this is like a... A front office that's making some really crafty moves uh, for a postseason run with not very much money. Those things matter, man. Um, uh, they, you know, you could think of a handful of free agents that really contributed to the Packers' uh, Super Bowl run in 2010 that weren't household names and you know not predominant figures, but that that certainly played a role. So um, 
Yeah, but on the on the practice squad thing, I'm cool to keep that. That's like one of those like oh, absolutely. you know, few few things that um like COVID brought on, but that actually just make way more sense. Like in the same way that I pretty much don't ever need to touch a physical menu at a restaurant again. Like give me that QR code. Cause like, <laughs> even if there wasn't a, a global pandemic, I still wouldn't want the germs that exist on these laminated pieces of paper that are in like a thousand people's hands. Right. Um, I think that there's just certain things that just, yeah, it's like COVID brought this on, but what? Yeah, let's just keep that. Cause this is a brutal fucking sport and <laughs> you should be able to have a lot of guys, um, regardless of their veteran status, uh, at your, at your disposal. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, no, uh, no D league. There's just, and there's just so many restrictions on, on rosters and, and how many players you can have and how long they can have been in the league and, and all this stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's a hard sport to master. It takes a while for some players. It's a brutal sport. Um, just give these guys more chances, man. There's not that many, uh, players that can do it, but there's enough to populate all these teams and it'll help more teams field a, a palatable product on Sunday. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. <laughs> palatable product, which I think <laughs> we'll have a decent amount of this weekend again. Um, yeah. you know, I am also kind of excited about breeze, uh, Brady, um, you know, the whole like 40 year old things a little overgrown, but I just, you know, assuming things go well on Saturday, I'm going to have a super, vested interest in that, in that matchup. Um, because like, man, I don't, the saints are dangerous. I'm not downplaying them. They're a very good team, but you, when you watch Drew Brees play and you think about him against the Packers in like 19 degree weather, uh, and you think about what happened when they matched up earlier in the season, like the Super Bowl is very attainable. You know, I didn't feel that last year. I mean, obviously I was like hopeful but it was like San Francisco is going to be a freaking bear. Like that's going to suck. Um, whereas like, man, things are just kind of lining up for the Packers right now. Um, pretty well. And I just got to, this is the weekend to get through. And then it's all it's, there. It's crazy how that home field advantage sort of change, changes your outlook on things. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, but they, they got the job done this year and that's, it's huge. And I, I know Rogers is in quite a mood. Like he's been, he's hosting Jeopardy again, uh, <laughs> or not again, but he's hosting guest hosting Jeopardy, um, as one of the many guest hosts now. And after the sad, uh, passing of Alex Trebek, um, you know, he's just kind of on one. You just feel like his, his yeah. whole vibe is just like, he's on one. That's a, that's a great way really to put it. really is, man. This guy is like, he's just loving life right now. <laughs> Um, which also just puts me at ease. It's hilarious yeah. that um, yeah. his attitude really impacts my life. <laughs> but it's uh, true. Bef- before we uh, get out of here, one last question I kind of put out to Twitter. I asked people for for their input on the show and, and also asked them uh, what they were going to be snacking on uh, during <laughs> during the game this weekend um, and got some some good stuff back. Noah said, uh, that he was going to be smoking some ribs. I got for Christmas a wow. very nice, um, a, a very nice cutting board slash like cheese charcuterie board shaped like Wisconsin with uh, all kinds of like oh that's uh, cool cities and and little attractions burned into it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna seek out some some port wine cheese spread, which is a delicacy from my childhood that I haven't had in a long time. 
get some, I don't know, some club crackers or something. Maybe try to find a sausage, a worthy sausage in Albuquerque. <laughs> what about you? Got any food plans? You know, um, nothing set in stone, but there are some go-tos throughout the football season that we have established. Um, so when we had to kind of always be rotating homes because of uh, NFL ticket and all that stuff, like the streaming package and just like burning through free trials of everyone we know, we developed this thing called the chili club, which is basically like we would make a different chili uh, every time we got together to watch the Packers. But um, I think we're going to be guests at someone else's home. So I can't commit to making chili and bring it over. I want to travel with a crock pot, um, but we probably will make uh Buffalo chicken dip, which is also just like a super oh, football yeah. snack. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like Saturday afternoon. I'll probably get a nice like base going with like some type of like breakfast at home. Nothing crazy. <laughs> and then just, you know, I'll be like watching the game, nervously pacing, standing up and snacking as opposed to eating like a full on meal. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Buffalo chicken dip, maybe like a halftime order of wings, very stereotypical Ooh, football-y things I think yeah. would be. Just, what I'm know, doing. Yeah. Follow the recommendation of all the commercials, basically. <laughs> basically. Exa- yeah, exactly. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm going all in on, on all that stuff. Uh, you know, if I had a grill or a smoke or anything like that, I'd, I'd want to like do it up big, but I, I don't have that. <laughs> you are, uh, you are right to try to avoid, uh, traipsing across town with a big pot of chili. If we've learned anything from Kevin, uh, Kevin Malone, you don't want to, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can just see myself. Stumbling out of an Uber uh, and, and dropping it all over <laughs> a street somewhere. Instead of an <laughs> office floor, yeah, it's just like a Brooklyn street corner and it's just going down the drain. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's probably the thing I do best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you got, should we, uh, I don't know, I was going to. I was going to punctuate the show with predictions. I kind of feel like maybe is that a, is that jinxing? Should we not give predictions? We both feel pretty optimistic, and I wonder if putting too fine a point on it is just we're going to have egg on our face, and people are going to say we jinxed it. I don't know if you believe in that, or if you want to give a prediction, how do you feel? Uh, well, I guess I already said, you know, uh, maybe I don't need to give a score, but I feel like the Packers win in cover. Um, so I hope I didn't already jinx it and then yeah. just like double jinx it. Uh, by saying that, but, um, yeah, no, you screw it. Yeah. Like, uh, we're not, you know, it's, I'm, I'm thinking like 27, uh, you know, 13 kind of vibe in this yeah. game, you know, that's almost exactly what I was going to say. I agree. The Packers, they win for Packer nation and they cover for Al Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do it for Al. Oh man. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh man. I don't know. That's uh that's all I got. I guess that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. All right. I'm gonna hit the poker. Uh follow us on Twitter at the APC pod uh as well. The cycle for survival is still going on. Yes, yeah. I just wanted to give a quick thank you. Um I saw, you know, our podcast Twitter tweeted it out. It is pinned on my Twitter page. And uh we got some donations going. We're hitting the ground running with uh the fundraising. We have months and months to do it, but um you know, if now's a good time for you, we really appreciate it. So thank you sincerely to those listeners because we have a few uh, who who have contributed to rare cancer research. Uh, you're literally saving lives potentially uh, by doing that. Absolutely. And every little bit helps if you can. 
and want to, please uh, donate at Alex Patakis on, on Twitter. It is his pinned tweet uh, at the APC pod for the show on Twitter. We've got our link tree account there. Click there. And, uh, and we've got a link there as well for Cycle for Survival. You can subscribe to the show. You can uh, become a patron. Uh, all of that fun stuff. Um, well, cancer fundraiser is not fun. It's not, not fun stuff. <laughs> Just to, you yeah. know, one of those but- little turns of phrase. Awkward. Yeah, a good, it's a good cause. And the it's event itself, the Cycle for Survival event, very fun. There you go. Oh, man, good save. It's almost like you used to do radio. Good <laughs> save. I mean, I'm into the idea. It's at MetLife Stadium this year. I'll be, like, on the field cycling. It's gonna oh, be cool. nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Socially distanced. Open air. At oh, MetLife very cool. Stadium. Um, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Alex Patakis, forever saving my bacon here on the APC pod. I am at Zach Rapport on Twitter and um, have a great weekend guys. Enjoy your, uh, your smoked ribs, your uh, pot of chili spilled on a carpet, uh, whatever it is you're going to do this weekend to, to watch the game. Um, do it well, be nice to each other and uh, enjoy um, special season. Let's hope they uh, keep it going. Go pack go. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.